Kia ora, my name is Kath Cocker and I am doing a series of interviews with Māori and Pacific artists from around New Zealand and over the seas. Tonight we will be interviewing Taina Elia who lives in Christchurch. She is a painter and other, does other things. Quick shout out to the Puaka Matariki Festival, 91FM and Ben Jammin for the sounds. Thank you very much. Kia ora, Taina. Kia ora. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, thanks. Yeah, so it's been a while since we last spoke, eh? It has. It's been many, many, many years. Has it been years? It might have been. It's been two years, Kath. <laughs> two years? Holy shit. So two, so two years since we um, I came around to your flat in Dunedin. Wow. wow. So what have you been up to? So I remember you as a painter and I remember your painting for your end of year. Was that, end, that was the end of year, eh? You weren't doing your masters. You're a year ahead of me. No, no, that was, um, that was for sight. For sight. That's right. That was fantastic. That yeah. End of year. Yeah. I loved that painting. I thought it was really strong. I thought it had, and I, I'm sure that it offended people, but, Oh, it offended people, right? <laughs> even though, even though its intention wasn't to offend, was it? You're just basically pointing out something that was that was that that is already thought. You know what I mean? You're pointing yeah. out, pointing out a way of thinking that goes on. Yeah, it yeah. was a funny. It was a, I got a really mixed response to that work. Um, it, it was different. You know, of course, different responses from different people of of course, because different people have different perspectives and all everything that goes with making that perspective. But um, yeah, overall, a lot of people really question it. Um, I mean, I, I'm not sure if you actually know what it was in response to. I'm not really sure if I want to 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 really say what, well, not in, while I'm being recorded, what it's in response to, but it was definitely in response to... Um, uh, something racial yeah. related that when I was at art school and um, uh, so yeah. you know yeah I, I just wanted to leave not with a bang but I definitely wanted at that at that time when that incident occurred it was sort of like feeling very voiceless and what have you and yeah, I sort of sure. felt that peace gave me said everything I wanted to convey you yeah. know um, as a pacifist and someone who doesn't really like confrontation unless I'm pushed into that space. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and not really knowing how to have those conversations with people, you know, so... Oh, because they're hard. Involved. Pardon? Those conversations are really hard. And they're really, really hard. They're really hard because the, quite often uh, we do need to explain a little bit, bit about the painting. So the painting was... Um, oh, we... Uh, which painting are you talking about? I'll just quickly work out if we are on the same page. I'm talking about my last piece for sight, which was uh, oil painting with a projection overlay. Oh, yeah, that one was amazing. Yeah, that one. Um, and during art school, I used a lot of symbolism that involved um, a low-cost rubbish bag. I still, yeah, that was I still visit that from time to time. Um, and it is a commentary about you know, feeling, uh, feeling like you're being, not being respected. <laughs> yeah. And just being, being pigeonholed, being, yeah. um, 
it has to do with my ethnicity. Um, yeah. A lot of things like that, you know, growing up in, in places like Invercargill, you know, you can imagine. So, yeah, yeah, it's always that symbolism is going to carry throughout my work, I'd say. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, and it, it was a lot of fun to make because it was a collaboration, actually. It was a collaboration with Eddie Eves and Carmen Norgate. Oh, was it? Um, yeah, well, they helped me with the projection side of it. Taught me how to do that overlay because I'd never, I'd never touched on electronic art before, you know. So it was it was really interesting, and I got a lot out of it. So um, and it was good to have discussions with people like Carmen Norgate who had similar experiences. So oh yeah, sure. yeah, it was it was really great. Yeah, of being objectified. You're talking about objectification, eh? Oh, and big, racial yeah, stereotyping. Time. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yep. The idea yeah. that you might be easy or, yeah, right. Or stupid. Or, or and stupid. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah I know. I know. Or, you know, poor. Or all those really negative yeah. things we seem to get associated with too often. Oh, God, yeah. And and still do, despite the current climate of, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and that. It, these things still exist, you know. And um, Oh, fuck yeah. The Black Lives Matter yeah. is such an easy one for everybody to jump on the bandwagon for. And of course, I agree with it. But there's a lot of other things. What about Indigenous Americans? And like, what about Indigenous, you know, like we're in New Zealand and yeah. kind of like everybody is in New Zealand always jump on the bandwagons of things that are going on overseas. Yeah. But, but there's so much of shit that goes on here. Yeah, and I mean, like, what's it really? What's it really changing? I, I mean, it might be quite um, <laughs> antagonistic to say, but it's sort of like it. It seems like it's trending now. If we're going to talk about <laughs> yeah, yeah, for social, sure. social media sure. language, it, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, Everyone's that's on right. Bandwagon, but what does it actually mean for you to to join that protest? You know, why are you walking yeah. down the street saying these slogans? Like, how can you relate to that? Yeah, yeah. Um, and no one seems to be, from my knowledge, having those conversations with each other. Yeah, um, sure. I do like the show of solidarity, you know, I, I love that, great. But um, let's dig deeper than that, because I think once we start digging deeper, then we're going to start affecting change, eh? Yeah, that's right. I agree. Yeah. So I just want to clarify something. You said it was a collaboration with you and Eddie Eves and Carmen Norgate, but do you mean by collaboration that they helped you with the technical side or do you mean that they put their work over top of your work? Oh, they helped me with the technical side. So that means that that's not... Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I guess you wouldn't call it... Would you call it a collaboration? No. I always... Um, <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't. Oh, you wouldn't? Okay. <laughs> no. But I would say that they were they were crucial in helping you to implement that artwork. Oh, they were very crucial, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, you're trying to get that idea across to people as to what I wanted to do for my final work. I don't think many people grasp what I was trying to do. And um, <laughs> no, the thing with me is, is that I have very fixed ideas. I get an idea yeah. and I... You know, it doesn't move far from that, if anything. The mediums and the way I go about um, going from concept through to fruition, that, that sort of making space, materials, whatever, that can change. But <laughs> my process yeah. as an artist yeah. is I see it in my head, I get an idea, it might be from a conversation, a life experience, whatever. Um, 
and I try to make it happen. So yeah, it did involve me needing help from people in the electronics department and of course they're my friends. So yeah, it worked out yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, because that was um that was a great work. I loved it. Yeah, and the thing about the thing about your work is that it may have come from a, 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 a. I know you've said that it came from a personal experience of something that obviously happened at that time, but I also the thing about that is that a lot of people can relate to it that are that are, you know that are that are part of the other in the in the world. Yeah. So yeah, I I for that reason I think it was really good as well, and it was kind. I personally thought it was a really good thing that you did it because a lot of people would have been too scared to do something quite so obvious you know so not obvious but so blatant like so in your face because it was quite yeah it was quite like you know it was very I loved it that wasn't really my intention until I realized I needed a space by myself like to show it you know like it got quite big there for a while And maybe people thought I was being an art diva, but I suddenly realised that it needed to actually be shown in isolation from everything else. Um, so there was that, that, that happened, you know, I had to like sort of really push for my own room and space and, you know, that got some people offside of me, you know, it just turned oh, into yeah. this, like, this great idea I had in my head turned into this. <laughs> A you political know, but, nightmare. Um, it did. It did actually. And then on top of that, it was like I'd, I'd have moments where it wasn't working, and I was thinking, "Oh, I have this set amount of time. I this isn't like matching up with it." Was just yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, it just sort of came together, and yeah, I'm really happy with how it turned out. So that one, that one was was it was a woman. A woman's face with low, a low, a woman's profile with low cost, with the low cost plastic bag. Is that right? Yeah. So it's a self portrait. It's me. Yeah. 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 Um. So I painted my face um, in oil paints because it gave. I knew it would give that luminosity once the light from a projection overlay hit it, and it would give it sort of this three D ish. I wanted it to sort of come off the canvas more than, I mean, you can do that with paint anyway, but the, I thought this would really bring it out. Um, so yeah, it's a self-portrait and low cost bag on the head and yeah, just uh, the expression I have on my face is sort of uh, scrunched up and what have you, just trying to fit into this mould is the idea I was trying to, trying to convey to the audience mm-hmm. not sure many people got that message but um yeah uh the projection the overlay was my eye again that i filmed moving around just my eye um but moving around looking around and that was overlaid yeah. and mm-hmm. pretty much trying to hold that same expression too that i um had painted of myself with the hand and whatnot that was overlaid on the painting yeah. A lot of work yeah. to realign stuff and um yeah, so it would fade in and out and when it was faded when it, it came on, you'd see the eye, my eye would move and that's actually the projection, but you got the illusion that the eye in the painting was moving. So yeah. Yeah. Pretty complex. Yeah. A lot of hours, a lot of stress. <laughs> but um I don't know, I stepped away feeling really good about it, you know. Really good about it. 
Yeah, well, I thought it was really good. I thought it was really strong. And I kind of found it a bit of a relief to see to see that work for my own personal yeah for my you know because oh it's such a difficult in New Zealand in general it's such a difficult conversation to broach anyway and I guess my work was kind of along similar lines so it's kind of nice to not be alone Yeah, well, I think that was the thing with having you there is that I, I, the first work I saw of yours was, it was in Nun Gallery, and it was, uh, sorry, I can't remember the name of it, it had all the test tubes. Yeah, yeah, that's right, transition. Yeah, I hadn't, I don't think I'd actually met you at the time, had I, and I thought, wow, what is this? And then any time I used to come and visit you in your studio in the sculpture department, yeah, I definitely yeah, resonated with what you were trying to convey and what you were doing. Um, also, the techniques, the things you were actually doing during the making process, like that chainmail. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no. I don't know how many hours you put into that, but that was admirable, but... um. Yeah, I got it along those lines too. Like, you know, you had this idea and you had this message and yeah, this is just what you needed to do to to visually convey it. So I definitely resonated with a lot of your work. Um, mm-hmm. So what are you working on now? Like, and how do you think that, that the stuff that you've been doing is, um, like the stuff from the past, how do you think that's influencing what you're working on now? Because you're working on on a project at the moment, aren't you? Oh, well, I've been working on, how do I explain what I've been doing? Um, it's funny, that work, I came, moved back to Rapaki. I was living at Rapaki at the time, and I rented a studio in, in the old British hotel, I'm not sure if you're fin- uh, familiar with that, a room in there, and I tried to recreate works of a similar vein to that one I did for sight. Yeah. With projection, over, you know, and it just, they haven't worked, they've never... I've never worked. I sort of feel like that that's what that was and I've left that yeah. in the past. Yeah. Um, and that's bigger than just leaving that um, those techniques behind. It's actually leaving stuff in the past. So from there, I've been in a few um, shows. I've never had a solo show, um, but I've been part of quite a few group shows, predominantly in Christchurch. And every now and then someone asks me to, you know, send down drawings or what have you for something that's happening in Dunedin. Um, so the last exhibition I had, um, you can hear paper, it's just my CV, um, yeah. was Ka Awatea. And it was a group exhibition um, where the curator, uh, Holly Simpson, she got together a group of Christchurch, mainly Littleton, Whakaropo, Littleton Harbour artists, um, and gave them the catalogue from the Littleton Museum, which um, uh, fell down, um, was destroyed in the earthquakes. Uh-huh. And um, you could choose something from that catalogue um, to that inspired you, or for whatever reason, to um, create your work from. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, that's the last show I was a part of. It was it was really interesting, and we couldn't go over a certain size. It was really small. So the last work I produced for that, I'm playing around with um, I'm playing with paint, um, but I'm playing with paint skin. 
do you know what I'm talking about when I? Oh yeah, I do. I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, wow. and it has to. Yeah, and it has to do again. It's revisiting that sort of luminosity quality, and it's funny. Like I, I'm uncomfortable with calling myself a painter, and people, you know, Yutana, she's a painter. Um, but I've always felt that that label of painter, the definition to me, it extends beyond a creative who just who uses just painting mediums or paints yeah. on a surface, you know what I mean? Um, so that's, I'm still following that vein, which I, I was doing, I began doing from that site piece um, oh. and moving on to these skins and finding that, wow, there is so much you can do with these things. And I need to send through photographs actually, because um, that would be yeah, a doing. And they have a lot to do with um, ecological themes. I've, been on a bit of a rant, rant you can ask any friend of mine <laughs> about the pollution of our waterways and what have you you know I've been documenting since I started traveling as a teenager at 17 our waterways because I surf and so I have yeah. seen things yeah. changed all, all around New Zealand with um, pollution and and high intensity farming um, styles um, so it, it's also, and these works I'm doing now also in response to that, and I find that these paint skins really capture what, you know, what I want to visually convey about um, polluted waterways and um, degradation of, of our environment. So well, that's, that's what I'm working on at the moment. I'm always, we're always going to be political, aren't we? <laughs> we are, I know. <laughs> never gonna just settle with painting like flowers or something it's always gonna be for me like pushing technique getting like these messages out there and um yeah i'm having a lot of fun with them so if you do want oh. photos of them i can oh. send you through yeah do do do, do that yeah <clears throat> um is it rohan whelan that also uses paint skin is it him that does all those really layered up it's layers and layers and layers and layers of paint on top of Oh, it. sorry. I thought you said Rohana Weaver from art school. Oh, no, um, Rohan Whelan. But uh, he used um, used paint like that as well. But differently than you were talking about, but, but still um, he's using the skin of the paint, you know? Yeah. He's not using – he's using paint as like a – sculptural medium as opposed to using it as a as a paint a 2d thing and um the other person oh, no 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 i oh. guess i am using it as a sculptural medium because i yeah. mean um to incorporate oh. i i hang them i hang them from you know um from pieces of number eight wire and what have you oh cool so, yeah and you know, in certain lights, it's yeah, that luminosity, man. But yeah, that's it's not on a canvas. It's not. I wouldn't say it's two D. I tell you what, though, it's it, they're not they're not permanent either. So they have a definite impermanence to them. I I was trying forever to find a way to make them last, you know, forever or what have you. So because people wanted to buy my work, but they don't last. And I I got into a bit of a spin about that, and then I thought actually no, that's all part of it. But that's all part of it, you know, like it, it needs to degrade. It needs to decompose and it just, you know, because that's yeah. also part of what I'm trying to 
get people to yeah yeah no i i thought i thought that you meant that you were using it as a as a sculptural kind of medium as opposed to a 2d medium yeah he he won one of the um he won the waikato in 2003 the big one the big one yeah but he was also in the public art gallery at the Dunedin Public Art Gallery when we were at art school. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, and I he saw had, that. I yeah. know who you're talking about. Yeah, that was amazing, eh? That was pretty cool, that stuff. Oh my, that was, yeah, that kind of blew my mind. I'd never really seen paint used like that before. Yeah. Well, I'd be really yeah, interested I, to see. Sorry. No, 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 I keep interrupting you. I, um... Yeah, I do remember that now because I, I think at that point when I saw that I was sort of thinking, wow, art extends beyond art school. Do you know what I mean? I suddenly realised the world was bigger than Thank God. Riego Street, Riego Street <laughs> and wherever we were. Yeah, I had this kind of epiphany moment, but I do remember that. I, that it was really interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it was, eh? So yeah. uh, do you use, how do you use colour inside your, inside these um, pieces of artwork that you're making? Um, what's its I, relevance to the paint that you're using? What's its relevance, the colour? Yeah. Oh, well, you can, they actually look like landscapes. Some of them look like satellite photographs. Oh, cool. You know? Yeah, so it's sort of a, um, like a pooling method and you can use... Um, well, I've been using trialing acrylic um, and oil paint, not together, but just, you know, what, uh, in different mediums you can get for those with painting, um, on canvas and how those work off canvas, you know, and, yeah. um, setting them, drying them. And for a while they're really flexible and pliable. You can bend them, but that moment doesn't last so long. So you've kind of got to, if you're deciding to make some kind of shape out of it, you've got to be fast. But you can also fuse it together in that state just by pinching it. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it goes rock hard. It's like a rubber consistency, and then it goes rock hard, and then it, that's, it's at its most fragile state. So if you, yeah. like, drop it or what, it will, it will break. You can snap bits off. So, yeah, wow. as I say, it's, it's been really tricky with people uh, wanting to buy stuff. Um, I can't sell them. If, you know, I could. Um, but they also always look a bit horrified when I say, but it won't last. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not going to last. It, they're not permanent works. So. Oh, I like that as an idea. Yeah, it's cool, eh? It's, um, I like that impermanence sort of idea as well. You know? Yeah, it's Buddhist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And read like a, on a lot of artists that do, that is their, their line of inquiry. And yeah. um, never re- I don't think I've ever really touched on it myself, but I've always been really intrigued by it and um, enjoyed works that, are, that respond to that. Yeah, for sure. God, I like that. That's so interesting. Mm. Um. So how do you document, are you going to document it, if you exhibit it, say? Yeah. Which I assume you're going, are you going to have an exhibition? Um, no, I, I, 
I kept thinking I need to have a solo exhibition. Firstly, I've never had a space to create a body of work. Oh, yeah. And I've always, I've always enjoyed just, I do enjoy group shows. I like responding to a theme or not. You know what I mean? I love yeah, that sure. sort of putting my input in and then turning up on the night and seeing what everyone else has done. I've always really, I loved, I love group shows for that. Um, yeah, I don't have a show coming up. The last time I exhibited was last year. Was that for Matariki? No, that was Ka Awatea. So, yeah, I don't have a show coming up. And we haven't had anything here for Matariki, which is a bit unusual this year. Um, I usually get asked to produce something for that. So, so yeah. I think the I just, I just, I just keep making, you know, and um. Yeah. I think the COVID-19 um, put a bit of a spanner in the works. Yeah. Yeah, for a lot of things, eh? Like, yeah. even travel. Travelling overseas is suddenly, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Just borders being closed is, <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of a yeah. dystopian, um, scary thing. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's sci-fi. We're living it. And we're living it now, aren't we? I look at my, because I read a lot of sci-fi, you know, I've got a lot of Aldous Huxley and stuff, and now sometimes I look at my collection and go, oh, man, I knew this was going to happen, you know? <laughs> it's actually, yeah, it's happening. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's, yeah. I, yeah. You know, something that I've been thinking about lately that I've been watching, that, and I'm going to talk about race. In this yeah. case, the difference between what well, is not even this, it's not specific brown races or specific white races, but it's kind of something about the, the, the difference or something between being one or the other, you know, like being, or uh, it's like, uh, it's hard to explain it, but you know, you know, like there's a whole stream of thought that everybody, that, that, the general public just accept as, as reality. And it's not really questioned that's in the newspaper and that. But then there's a lot of, because of experiences from marginalized people where they've been treated in certain ways and the way that it's been represented by the media has been really different to what's actually happened. Yeah. Then you learn to have a really different way of looking at the news, which is not the same as the way that some, you know, somebody that isn't marginalised, <laughs> one of the invisible white middle class men or something, you know, that they they've never had well a total generalisation, but generally they haven't had the same experience of actually being marginalised. No. So and so they've never been they've never really been misrepresented either. And their opinions have always been the ones that have been upheld and everybody agrees with them and it's like, you know, all that shit. So there's this Yeah, they always um they always dominate the narrative, eh? Yeah, that's right. That's exactly And then right. everyone sees that as being the truth. They judge yeah. everything else against that. They you know it's I know what you're saying, eh? Yeah, I know. So what I've been noticing lately since Trump's been in America. Oh my gosh. And if you say anything, like if you don't, 
if there's anything that you don't agree with that's not going along with the status quo, and I think this is actually quite a dangerous thing, personally. If you say anything that doesn't go along with that status quo, which is in the newspapers or, you know, the, the, that kind of white middle-class male thing, yeah. <laughs> you don't go yeah. along with it, then you get accused of thinking like Trump. Like, I've had it happen to me a few times, but I've never had it happen to me from, I've only had it happen to me from white middle-class men. I, I, yeah. And I, I found it so kind of, like, shocking, because I don't, maybe I haven't been around people like that for a long time, I don't know, that don't understand kind of deeper than their own reality. I don't know. Yeah. But you're, okay. like, Sorry. No, 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 keep going. But that, like, because, I mean, like, your painting, which you're, you're, your painting is, is what, you're, you know, the painting that you had, the low-cost one? That, yeah. that kind of, for me, it kind of personifies a way that, 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 that people, that, that, that people see different, you know, some, you know, the see brown people or whatever. You know the dusky mm. maiden kind of thing. Oh it, God, yeah, the the exotic other. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. And, and it personifies it, but and it also has a whole level of disrespect that goes with it. That's not just to do with being poor necessarily. It's also to do with the whole way of looking at the at the at you know at looking at you like you're a uh it's you know with really the whole like the trump thing is like saying that i'm not intelligent or you know like that whole thing yeah that's i don't yeah, know, I know what you're saying, grasping yeah. It, but yeah yeah and you know it's funny you say that i have a really good i have a lot of good friends in america and um one of my really good friends is from florida and he's a He's a middle class. I wouldn't say. I know he's not middle class. He's probably that weird middle lower class genre. Uh, he's white, and and talking to him about his um, opinions on the Black Lives Matter move, all of that stuff. You know, it's it's all it's 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 hard to to get across to him as someone who's never experienced anything racial in his yeah. life and by that I mean racial attacks or what have you to him they just they don't exist do you know what I mean because he's never seen it he's never heard it he's never been around it and his his the place he comes from is oh why can't everyone just get along and love one another you know that stuff it's like <laughs> let's gosh, all go back to know? primary school <laughs> I know it's it's quite shocking to me I mean, I adore this man, but yeah, when yeah. it comes to that aspect, it's like, wow, way. I'm always, spe- I'm always speechless every time. How do you say to someone, you know, how do you, how do you give them a taste of your experience, your side of things, when they are just, it doesn't exist. Or... I know, I know, because their mind is so closed. And they don't realise, yeah. they're so unaware that their mind is so closed. Yeah, it's unawareness. It's not denial. It's, it's not like he does know. Yeah, it's not that he does know and he's denying it and therefore he just has no experience, no lived experience of this stuff whatsoever. 
So, yeah, yeah it's really interesting talking to people from over that are living in America and everyone wants to move here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now, how do I move there? I'm just like, well, good luck. Yeah, well, but, what are you going to bring with you? I mean... <laughs> I have said that. I said, well, leave, you, leave your guns and stuff behind. Yeah, but, um, that's right. But also, you know, telling them, you know, we've got our stuff here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, not, it's not all gravy, man. Like, you know, we're rock stars in the media because of the way Jacinda's dealt with the COVID issue. But honestly, we have underlying stuff that's been going on for a very long time that hasn't been resolved. So, no, you stay there with your stuff and... <laughs> we've got our own stuff to deal with <laughs> yeah that's right totally i know it's interesting that stuff with people coming in eh? and i i've spoken to a couple of some americans as well they've talked about what's happening over there it sounds diabolical it really does eh? yeah it sounds yeah it really is like some dystopian fiction book i've read in the part you know it's yeah. just well it's all on over there yeah totally i know mm. Is yeah. there, is there, you know, to do with your work, is there anything that you really want to talk about? Like, um, do you think, do you think the work that you're doing with the um, skin of the paint has got a political narrative as well? Oh yeah, it's definitely environmentally charged. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's definitely um, has a lot to do with that. Cool. And um, so it needs yeah. to be. It needs to be. Um, impermanent then doesn't it yeah it does it really does and um it needs to be shown actually like it's it's only ever been a part of group shows i i i i need need i think to do them justice and i need to have a solo show but setting that up in this current climate and with i mean you know i'm an art teacher at the, i mean i'm working full time i don't have time it seems to even begin with that and i'm not sure what's happening with our scene our art scene or what have you here in christchurch it's very clicky up here um whereabouts are you an art teacher i'm an artillerista so it's um uh, it's italian for art teacher so it's based on a philosophy called reggio Emilia, which oh. originated in italy during the war um and it's a way of teaching children preschool children um, how to make meaning of um, their lives and what they are learning. So um, I extend on their learning through creative and artistic processes, which predominantly means I give them skills, a lot of skills, you know, whether they want to draw this thing out, whether they want to screen print this thing out. Um, I give them those skills and and help them to make oh. meaning of stuff. So it's really holistic. It's a real new philosophy to New Zealand. Yeah. Um, but I'm about to actually leave that job and move to a teaching job out at North Brighton to work um, with a, how do I put this? Um, like a lower demographic school. Because oh, that's, yeah. where my, that's where my passion is. So Good. yeah. Good on yeah. you. I'm based in a place called Rolleston and it's it's um there's not many Māori or Pacific Islanders and you know what I mean? I, I just feel yeah. like my work would be better with 
with my people. And yeah, sure. Yeah, so I'm it's, heading out there. It's called low decile, is that right? Is that That's it, low decile, yeah. yeah. Low decile. Yeah, which sounds doesn't sound like what it actually is. I can remember all that coming in with bulk funding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that. So yeah, um, um, with the with my work, yeah, I'll have a solo show one day. I'm just quite happy collaborating with people, being part of group shows. But COVID has changed everything because I usually am a part of something. Um, yeah. At least yeah, and honestly, it's stopped. There seems to be nothing. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, the whole um, Puaka Matariki Festival down here is online. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, which is good. I think it's good. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you very much for be- for coming on to this interview. Oh, thank you for having me and listening to me talk about my work. My pleasure, Tana Elia. My name is Kath Copper from Nocturnal Elections and Other Small Happenings and I was just interviewing Tana Elia from Christchurch. She is a, um, a sculptural painting artist <laughs> for my podcast series for the Puaka Matariki Festival 2020. Quick shout out to 91FM for their support, Puaka Matariki Festival and Benjamin for the sounds. Good night everybody. Pomaruia kia pai ko totato matariki. <laughs>